Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, what's going on after another shakeup in the DC Universe? A match made in heaven for cell phone protection? And what's the real info you need for the Super bo- Big Game? All this and more as we kick it off and reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the professor. Of Humanica Media, you gotta check out everything going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend, and he's actually shuffling through paperwork from his students right now. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Well, the professor just finished grading all of his papers. Report cards are done. Angry emails will probably be coming in next week sometime, but it's all done, man. It's good. We're on Pop Culture Cosmos, ready to podcast. There was no reason to delay our show this evening, our recording. I just can't believe you did because it's so easy to just write FFFFFFFFFFF all the way up and down the line. But it is going to be another great episode we've got here for you today. We've got the folks at Honorbox from CES 2019. I got a chance to talk to them because there they made a great announcement about what's coming up between a beautiful merger for anyone out there that loves cool things when it comes to their cell phone protection. Plus also as well, we've got Charles Smith Jr. and Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports and the great Inside Sports podcast. They're stopping by to talk about the big game, which is coming up this weekend between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. In case you didn't know out there, it is coming up this weekend. We're going to be breaking down a lot of the things when it comes to the point spread, the overall point spread, and both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They have some pointed opinions on the big game. So do I interject every now and then my thoughts as well. So we have a lot of great opinions coming up for this weekend when it comes to the big game. And also as well, we're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff when it comes to DC as well. And that's where I think we'll start because 
DC made some, well, actually, a lot of stuff that was rumored seemed to come to pass this week as they made some formal announcements about the future of a couple specific movies. Plus, they also showed some images and some stuff coming up as far as a promo for an upcoming movie as well. So I want to hear your thoughts, Josh. First off, when it comes to what's going on down the line when it comes to the DC Universe, the Batfleck has gone bye-bye. Bye-bye, Batfleck, because it looks like from all appearances and officially announced that the movie entitled The Batman coming up in 2021 will have a younger Batman, which excludes Ben Affleck. It looks at this point from also his Twitter account, what he announced as well, that his future is finito when it comes to the DC universe. Your thoughts on Ben Affleck going bye-bye and your opinion overall on his story arc with him and his and how he performed in the, I think, what, three movies or four movies that he appeared in in the DC universe? You know, it's funny because everyone said the moment they announced that he was going to be cast, everybody said that this was going to happen. They said that he was going to get tired of the role and he shouldn't even be in the role. And then Kevin Smith got on there and like basically said, this is a godsend. We want Ben Affleck in the role. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's that's great. So people were on board with it. And like he, he was OK. He wasn't a bad Batman. He wasn't my favorite portrayal of Batman, but he played the cartoony Batman pretty well. So that being said, yeah, I'm bummed that he's out, but I'm hoping that they'll take this opportunity to kind of bring back that gritty dark tone of Christopher Nolan's Batman. So I don't know who they're going to put in the role. I heard rumors of Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that this could be a mo like their their whole thing's in shambles right now and I'm hopeful that this could be a moment for them to turn things around and put it bring it back in the right direction. Bring it back to the uh the the moments and that you know back when the dark knight was on top of the world bring us back to that point in time with with their extended universe and maybe just maybe they could recapture the magic that they or even just build the magic that they were lacking the first time i think i've said this before my friend where i thought his performance overall was okay i was not a, it was not a stinker in 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 too much of a way i think in his Batman role, when he when he put on the cape and cowl, I wasn't exactly as as endearing to that part of it. I think from the fact as far as when he became Bruce Wayne, I kind of liked his his rough exterior and the fact that he had something going. He had a chemistry there with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman that I think needed to be fleshed out over the course of time. I really would have liked to seen something like that happen. I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get to really see anything fleshed out even more with that because we knew it was going to lead somewhere if those two had been still together in the DC movie universe. So for that fact, I'm kind of disappointed. But you're right. This is something that ever since he turned down or let go of or Warner Brothers kind of dumped him as the director of the Batman movie that's coming out in 2021 and inserted Matt Reeves into the role. It looked like it was going to be on the outski for Ben Affleck because they were changing his script. I think he was also writing it as well. And that I think he lost that entirely. So I think the performance of BVS, Donna Justice, obviously as well, the performance of Justice League, led to the fact that Warner Brothers wanted to go in a different direction entirely. And it looks like Matt Reeves 
the Batman movie that's coming up in 2021 is going to include a entirely different Batman, a much younger Batman, which rumor has it probably is going to be in the mid to late 20s, maybe early 30s. But I think they're going to try and point to the mid to late 20s. But for me, I was talking about it with my with my girls who are big superhero fans and all that. And we were talking about how there's not really a lot to draw from as far as big names that are in their 20s that might be able to fit into that role that that people would know about. It's probably going to be some type of unknown unless you get someone like a Jake Gyllenhaal who's post 30 now and is not as young as maybe Matt Reeves or Warner Brothers wants to see out of a young Batman that would develop on the role over a course of a 10, 15, 20 year period of time. That's true. That's a very good point. Um, I mean, I ask you, who is out there in their mid-20s to late 20s that's not named Tom Holland that would actually be a headliner for a movie right now? Male-wise, male-wise, not talking female-wise. I honestly cannot think of anybody right off the top of my head. And this is another conversation for another day, but that does not bode well for the industry once the 30, 40, and 50-plus movie stars once they start channeling themselves out and and not being able to go ahead and connect with audiences anymore do you have enough to replace it but like i said that's for another day i honestly i I can't think of anybody my only complaint here would be they need to to this batman it needs to it doesn't have to be incorporated into the dcu but it needs to be part of it if that makes sense kind of in the way that aquaman was it was not part of it, but it was also part of it. There were some very small references to it. Otherwise, it was just pretty much a standalone movie. Exactly, exactly. So that's what this Batman needs to act as. Like it needs to, something needs to happen. I don't know what it is. Like that maybe they'll actually they don't even need to. They could just pull a James Bond and replace him. But it, it really like it. They need that. They because that they need like their connected universe needs to have their big two they need to have their batman they need to have their superman if they could successfully bring those back into the front line of the their uh their ensemble then i think they could really save themselves you're definitely right on that they could it's got to have someone that's even if they're not a well-known name they've got to have that type of charisma and that unknown that that type of x factor that's going to get them over with a mainstream or just a large vast audience out there something that's going to go ahead and endear that individual in the role of Batman. Like I said, Ben Affleck for me was, was okay, but he wasn't exactly the worst Batman out there, but it's unfortunately bye-bye Batfleck as a new, the Batman movie is officially going to be underway with Matt Reeves as director when it comes out in 2021. Warner brothers also announced that in 2021, that suicide squad two We'll be coming back to the movie screens as far as a new version of it with what most are pointing to is a most, if not all, entirely new cast. Although you and I talked about possibly being, possibly seeing Margot Robbie still retain her role because she's in Birds of Prey or whatnot. But your thoughts on Suicide Squad 2 also coming up in 2021 with the announcement that James Gunn is not only going to be directing, but have a heavy hand when it comes to being able to write and being able to see this new vision on where the Suicide Squad is going. Well, you can't have James Gunn direct and not have him have some kind of hand in the script. 
despite what he may or may not have said in the past, like he is talented. Why do you think Guardians of the Galaxy was was the hit that it was? He excels at taking weird, unknown characters and giving them dialogue that makes people really that endears them to people. And that's something that I I think Warner Brothers is incredibly smart for bringing bringing him on board because the Suicide Squad is a movie that's really right up his alley. And if you look at the cast they have on there. Those are all super weird characters The you know, Vixen and Killer Frost alone, like she's kind of always been a main character in the Flash CW series. But those two characters alone, they've always been pretty attitude and you throw them in there with a bunch of crazy convicts like the, the possibilities are endless there. I hope that it's good. And, and you know, I'm sure it's going to be good. It's going to be better. The, the bar is already set pretty low, but I would not be surprised if we do get some kind of cameo from Margot Robbie. I don't know about Will Smith, but Margot Robbie, she's she's a household name because of Suicide Squad. So it'd be weird to have her not make some kind of appearance in it. And then my question would be, again, how is that going to be tied into the DCU? Because you know they're not going to disconnect it. They need at this point they need a steady slate of films to get them back into the game, back where Marvel's at. Like the whole thing with the Joker origin story, like we don't need that. They should be worried about world building. And right now they're kind of in a place of flux, but it also is the perfect place to allow them to right their wrongs and create something from scratch. I agree with you on that. They should go ahead and build these things from scratch because the fact that look what happened with Aquaman, it was mainly a self-contained story. But at some point in time, I would like to see them story build over the course of two, three, four movies and build up and try one more time to get something together as far as a combined and shared universe leading into another Justice League movie or something similar. Because to me, that's the point where I really have connected the most with the DC is when when Justice League was announced, I was really getting excited for it. No, the payoff wasn't there. I thought it was a mediocre movie. And I'm probably one of the few, as Rob McCallum tells me every single time he talks to me, almost, is that I'm one of the few that seem to support it more than any other. And I just said, hey, it's a mediocre movie at best. I know a lot of people think it's, it's, a, it's an awful movie. And you know what? Suicide Squad was an even worse movie with the fans out there, yet it still made a decent amount, over $700 million at the box office. Just think what a good movie, written and directed by James Gunn, what that would do. Maybe you're talking about uh, something that might be in the 800, 900, even $1 billion range for something like that. When you see what happened with Aquaman and how it has surprised audiences, I think if you get good quality DC movies, they are pretty much a sure thing to be in that upper echelon of of really well-placed movies because you've even seen the bad DC movies what hit $600 million, and those are for the real trashy movies. So when it comes right down to it, if you have good quality movies, like if the Batman comes out with good reviews, if Suicide Squad 2 comes out with good reviews, if Birds of Prey comes out with good reviews, you're going to see good returns on those investments each and every time because a DC name actually sells even if they're bad movies. So that tells you a lot right there. Bad Marvel movies actually earn less than bad DC movies. And you got to think about that right there. So Shazam, that's going to be a real test. I know a lot of people are excited for that. That could be the real test on how well the, the DC name actually draws upon. So we'll have to wait for that one and see come April. But it looks like right now there's a lot of things going on in the DC universe. 
We also got glimpses of some of the characters that are going to be involved in Birds of Prey coming out right about this time next year. So your thoughts on Birds of Prey. We got some glimpses of Margot Robbie again. Also as well, we got Ian McGregor and quite a few other characters. Was there anything that stuck out to you when you saw the glimpses this week from Birds of Prey? Uh, not really. They didn't really give too much away. It's more like a bunch of moving glamour shots, but I'm I'm interested. I've I because remember they they made a show Birds of Prey, and like I remember I picked up a few of the comic books after that, and I've always been rather interested in that property just because it is, you know, it it's takes place in Gotham City, and it's it's you know you see a different side. It, it's like I don't know. It's like seeing something run parallel to one of your favorite stories. You know, it's kind of like in anime, you had Outlaw Star and then you had Angel Links kind of told a different story of a female crew. That's what Birds of Prey reminds me of. So I'm I'm interested to see it. The, the I always love the comic books, but will it translate to the big screen? It, I think it has the ability to capture people who are, who are wanting to see female heroes in action and Hopefully that's not the only thing that they used to sell it, though. I hope that the story is actually good. I hope so as well. I hope it will be something that we can really invest our time into. The slate right now for DC looks like this. You got Shazam in April. You got the Joker origin movie in October. You come back in February with Birds of Prey. Then you've got June of next year, you've got Wonder Woman 1984, which is the one movie that I think a lot of people are keying in on to anchor this whole thing. And then in 2021, you've got the Batman and then also Suicide Squad 2 coming out in 2021. So your guess is as good as mine right now. What's going to be going on upcoming in the DC Universe? It's still very tenuous. I still don't have as much faith as I do in the Marvel Universe about giving me a quality product each and every time out. But one last question I want to ask you about when it comes to the DC Universe, and that is, do you think the DC Universe is going to be able to continuously provide good movies each and every time out from this point forward? Like I said, I'm still on the fence about it. Are you a little bit more confident now after the success of Aquaman? Yeah, of course. And, you know, even with the trailer momentum of Shazam, I still feel that it's going to be okay. And, you know, like you said, a bad DC movie still does more than a bad Marvel movie. So that's a very interesting dynamic. But again, they have screwed up enough times to where they should now know what not to do, if that makes sense. So I don't really think there's a lot of places they can go as far as disappointment goes. But again, you know, we we've discussed this before. You need to worry more about storytelling rather than about selling action figures and T-shirts and stuff like that, because that's always been the big issue with them. You're right. They have had diversions which have prevented them from continually putting out a quality product. And we've seen that with people all over the place when it comes to Man of Steel, BVS, Donna Justice then Suicide Squad, obviously with Justice League. Those have all been all over the place. And for the most part, a lot of negative reaction to those films. Then you have the success of Wonder Woman. Hopefully Wonder Woman 84 will live up to the expectations because now a lot of pressure is that to go ahead and be an anchor for the next three years for these DC films. And by the end of 2021, we could be talking about how well the DC movie universe is progressing, similar to what we're talking about now when it comes to the Marvel universe, and we have such high expectations because they put out good quality products each and every time out. 
we'll have to wait and see what's going on when it comes to the DC universe. One thing I'll always guarantee, it always seems to be in flux because something new each and every week seems to happen in the DC movie universe. This happens here. This project gets canceled there. This project comes up there. Some big name comes over here. Some big name leaves out. But for right now, there's a lot going on in the DC movie universe. I'm still keeping my hopes up. I'm still, you know, after after Aquaman, I've got to go ahead and be a little bit more positive about what's going on. But it kind of makes you uneasy with all the shakeup. But at least as of right now, for the next three years going forward, at least we know when it comes to the DC universe, what we're going to get. What are your thoughts out there on the DC movie universe? Are you like me and Josh, where we're really looking forward to seeing what's coming up with the DC movie universe? Do you have a certain movie in the DC movie universe in the next three years that you're pointing towards to? For me, I think it's going to be the Batman. Josh, which of the movies in the next three years are you looking forward to the most from the DC universe? I do like the Batman, but more than anything, I want to see Man of Steel come back in some form or fashion but and also we know that wonder woman's gonna do well of course and like i said for me it's gonna be the batman i think the one that i'm looking forward to because that one is obviously got a lot to live up to when it comes to batman movies with the christopher nolan movies that came out batman of the late 80s and well actually the ones in the 90s it really doesn't have to live up too much very much when it comes to that but there are some good batman movies that were made in the recent past that a lot of people point towards to that need to be like the that are like the high bar when it comes to batman movies so when the batman movie comes out i think a lot of people are going to gauge it against that but what are your thoughts out there in the next three years which of the dc movies are you looking forward to Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. If you need a listing where we're at, because we're being played on radio worldwide seven days a week, check our listings out today at popculturecosmos on Facebook. You also get a good idea of where we're being played at on a lot of our podcast networks as well. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on when it comes to humanity media. So share the goods, my friend. Well, after obviously you finish grading the papers, of course. What's going on with your great experience known as Humanica Media? We have just the technology. We talk about technology and go the Michael Crichton route just because we have the ability to do something should we do it. And that gets us all going down some rabbit holes. So definitely check that out now on Podbean, iTunes, and all the usual places. That's Topicocalypse, which is also available every Tuesday night on the Podcast Radio Network. And also, we're looking for your thoughts on your top 10 movies of all time. We're going to do another big list on our popculturecosmos.com site. We're going to do another big type of article like we did before with our top 200 in video games, which you can check out right there. We need your input, so if you can... Please let us know your top 10 movies of all time. You can share us the list on Facebook. We've got a posting there on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on Instagram, or send us an email with your list, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you because we'd love to compile another great list of a top well, maybe 100, maybe 200 of your favorite movies ever. Just part of what we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.
Well, coming up next, you got the good folks at Otterbox from CES 2019. They're talking about their awesome deal that they made that's coming up for people out there who need new cell protection that love their pop sockets, that love their Otterbox. Now you're going to see a marriage of the two in their great big announcement that they made at CES 2019. And coming up, it's our good friends, Charles Smith Jr. and Chris Sardieri from Inside Sports talking about the big game this Sunday. This is the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. We are back here at Pepcom at CES 2019. And you know what? One of the places I had to go to was a unusual combination forming into an awesome combination when you have Pop Sockets and Otterbox. And here with me today from Otterbox is Jordan Vader. How are you today, Jordan? I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me about this awesome combination between Autobox and PopSockets. Yeah, so a couple of really well-known, really likable brands that happen to be, uh, live just down the street from each other. Uh, Autobox is in Fort Collins, Colorado. PopSockets is down in Boulder. And, uh, you know, a lot of our customers are out using PopSockets day in and day out. And so it just made sense for us to partner up with them and try to integrate the pop socket into one of our cases. So what we're announcing here at CES, we call Otter Pop. It's our Symmetry Series case with a built-in pop socket, pop grip. And one of the really nice features about this is that it lays flat with the back of the case. So it's great for pocketability. You don't have anything sticking off the back of the case. And it's actually with pop sockets swappable pop tops as well. So you can mix and match. The uh, pop tops come in the color that the case is. We uh, will have a few different colors right out of the gates. And from that point forward, with any swappable pop socket pop top, you'll be able to mix and match, You know, create your own color combinations. They have custom options available, which is really nice for consumers to kind of make it their own. One of my daughters is 13. And I will say that she's at the age where I was saying earlier that every third sentence is, I want a cell phone. And every fourth sentence is, 
oh, pop sockets are so cool. So this combines both of those worlds for her and also for a lot of other people as well with all the different designs that pop sockets have. And Well, and also for you because then you get the protection on her phone of an OtterBox case. But yes, then she gets that availability to personalize it a little bit, uh, make it her own, make it cool. And it's built into the case, so it's not something that you're going to lose. Because you know if it's a teenager on a cell phone, you know at some point in time she'll be trying to bounce that cell phone at some point in time on the ground. That's exactly <laughs> it. And hopefully we're there to you know keep it safe from drops. The pop grip that's with it, obviously you can use that for a little bit of additional security holding on to it. A stand on the road for when you're viewing media. You know, it's just something that you can do pretty much anything with. Now, I know you just announced it, but now I'm all intrigued. And I know once my daughter hears that I did this interview, she's going to be even more intrigued. So when is the availability coming? Is it available in the near future, price, all that? All, especially because I know not only her, but a lot of other people will be interested in the OtterBox PopSockets awesome combination that you have out right now. Absolutely. So this will be available this spring for a variety of different phones. What, we've, what we're showing off here just for iPhone, but we'll be expanding that lineup as well this spring. They'll start around $60. And then as I mentioned, you'll be able to buy different swappable pop tops as well, starting at about $8. Okay, that's awesome, that's awesome. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to OtterBox, obviously they are the preeminent name in cell phone protection. Obviously that's because you see them at, whether it's Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, any store that you go to, you see OtterBox displayed. Obviously, they're they're very well known when, it, when you go to Walmart, Amazon, every single retailer that's out there. I want to ask you one last question. How satisfying and how different is it now because of the fact that you combine these two great things, OtterBox security with PopSocket's cool factor? I think our customers are going to love it. I know that it's going to be a big hit out in the market. We've had a lot of buzz already just today from people hearing this announcement for the first time. So I think we have kind of upped that cool factor a little bit, which is really exciting. Well, that's awesome indeed. Jordan, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to go ahead and stop by and take a look at the, this great combination between OtterBox security and pop sockets together in one form or another. Check it out this spring. Like you said, it's going to be OtterBox and pop sockets. Thank you so much for thank your time. You. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the program. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. Well, it's this Sunday. It's the big game. I'm sorry, I can't say the you-know-what because, you know, the NFL's got the license on that. But it is a game that's going to be super as I have this bowl of cereal right over here. Oh, 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 pun, pun, pun. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great game coming up this Sunday between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. It's basically the key in pop culture right now. Everybody's talking about what commercials are going to be on it, what movies are going to be represented. But the actual game itself is also extremely important. It's why we're all there. And who better to talk about the game coming up this Sunday than my good friends at Inside Sports. you got to check out their program each and every week on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and over 20 different podcast outlets. It is my good friends. 
Chris Lardieri, and the man himself wearing Ram colors, Charles Smith Jr. How are you guys today? Hey, life is good, man. You know, we just finished uh, every week we do NFL football talk through the regular season and the playoffs and, you know, all the way up through the Super Bowl. So just to let everybody know, we did have a good stretch as far as with our gambling. I normally pick the over-unders. Chris chooses an underdog for the week and had everyone bet $20 on our picks every single week that we made it through the season. You would now have north of $600 in your bank account. That's all I have to say, people. There you go. There you go. Cash money. I like the sound of that. And you can check out their show once again. It is Inside Sports that is every week on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. And also catch them on social media on The Inside Sports on Facebook. Guys, it's going to be a great game this weekend. The first thing I want to ask is the current line, and it changes and fluctuates, and I'm sure by the time this hits the air, it's going to fluctuate even more. But as I was telling you, here in Vegas, we're actually driving by billboards that have the current spreads. You can't avoid it even if you try to. Right now, as of this recording, it's New England two and a half. And the first thing I want to ask you, Chris, I'm going to ask Chris first on this. Chris, why is New England favored when Los Angeles Rams had the better regular season? I'll tell you why. When the AFC championship game ended with the Patriots beating the Chiefs in overtime, uh, your neighbors there in Vegas set the line for whatever reason. They thought either NFC team would be favorite. They opened it at Rams minus one. And within a matter of minutes, the uh, proverbial sharps, the uh, professional wagers in the Vegas and the state of Nevada, put so much money on the Patriots that it ended up swinging to Rams plus two in no time and has now been pushed to two and a half. And as you mentioned, plus three in some circles. So I think it's a function of that. There was a little bit of kind of questioning as to why They'd set the Rams as the favorite, but I think going in, if you had looked at the hypothetical lines, regardless of the scenario, the NFC was going to be favored to open it. So a lot of money's come in on the Patriots. That said, I think the move in some places from three down to two and a half, what you're seeing is maybe later on in the weeks, there's a little more, uh, I don't want to say faith, but belief that the Rams could cover at least at that price. You're going to start seeing this weekend people from LA, they love to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl and you'll see some hometown money come in. I don't know if it'll sway the line enough, but I do think it's interesting that it moved this much. And last time I can remember it uh, was also a Patriots Super Bowl when it swung when they played the Seahawks. And we all know that was a barn burner in a close game. So History repeats itself. We should have a close game, and I would be surprised if the point spreads covered by a point or even half a point, depending on the case. I agree with you. Charles, I have a feeling you're going to be in touch right here what's going on in Las Vegas very soon because you've got some major interest, obviously, as a Rams fan. Tell me your thoughts on what's going on with the point spread, and do you feel it's justified that New England should be up as a favorite depending on the location here in Vegas? What NFL fans have to realize is that when it comes to point spreads, that's more about getting all the gambling money spread around equally. You want equal money coming in on each team because, as Chris knows, you know you have that uh, that minus one ten. So the casino they keep that ten percent even if you win. You bet fifty, you know you get to you get pays out forty five. So they need to keep that intact and get the money spread equally. So the reason why the point spread moves has nothing to do with the strength of the teams or anything. It's about as Chris mentioned, you're getting those gambling dollars spread. And the New England is a popular team. So you have some people who don't even watch sports. A lot of them are going to put 
money on New England just because you got to get money going the other way to make sure that the casinos don't take a bath. So in that sense, from a business standpoint, I absolutely understand why New England is a two and a half point favorite. You may not agree with what's going on on the field, but it's not about that. When it comes to gambling, that's a whole other thing. That's a numbers game with a backdrop of sports. It's not about the two teams on the field. It's really about the numbers. Excellent insight by both you gentlemen. I also want to add in that a lot of the casual audience out there is familiar with Tom Brady and what he's done over the years. And maybe they're more inclined to go ahead and feel more comfortable about putting money on him and the Patriots, as opposed to maybe the Sharps or maybe the people in the know, the analytical and maybe the informational types that have seen what the Los Angeles Rams has done over the course of the year which on our show on the Fantasy Football Pater podcast, when I've spoken to Tyler Baker about it, we often commented, and I think you were on the show as well, Chris, when we yeah. commented that at several points in time of the season, the Los Angeles Rams looked better than anybody else. They absolutely did, and they kind of hit the skids there, especially in the, the month of December. And I know part of it was Todd Gurley was hurt, and although C.J. Anderson did a nice job stepping in, I think bigger picture is Jared Goff really missed Cooper Cup, and... I think that hurt him down the stretch. But uh, as we've seen in the first two playoff games, McVay's changed the offense a little bit. He's gone a little more to the ground game with Dallas. And then even in the, the game against the Saints when the ground game wasn't working, I think Goff did a good job of spreading the ball around and even hitting tight ends. So while they're not the Rams team, we saw that uh, played one of the greatest Monday night football shootouts ever against the Chiefs in November. It's still a formidable offense. Charles, your thoughts on the over-under, which stands currently, as of this recording, at 56.5, is that a number you feel comfortable with that's going to stick right around there, or do you see it fluctuating at any point in time? Well, I think the over-under is going to stay consistent. In fact, when it opened, I think it was 57, so it's really only fluctuated by half a point, and it's really stayed at 56.5 for these last few days. And looking at the history of the Patriots, they tend not to really open it up on offense during the Super Bowl. And as Chris and I covered on our show, when you look at it over the eight Super Bowls that Brady and Belichick have been involved in, the point differential over the course of those eight games is only plus five in favor of the Patriots. So they play close games, they play it more conservative, and really they could have won or lost any Super Bowl they were in. So 56 and a half, I think, is a good number there. And the Rams are going to be. They're the more explosive of the two teams, but you got to think they're going to dial it back. I think both are going to play a little bit conservative in this game. So 56 and a half, I think it stays. One of the things I want to ask you, Charles, is on the defensive side of the ball, because we're going to be talking about so much about offense on your show, the Inside Sports Show. Obviously, offense was a great portion of what you guys were talking about when it comes to those two teams. And we're going to hear all weekend long in the lead up, up to the Super Bowl you're going to hear all about the offenses with Jared Goff for the Rams and Tom Brady for the Patriots. Your thoughts on the defensive side of the ball. I think the Los Angeles Rams defense does not get enough credit because they do have some good names on that side of the ball. But when it comes to New England, they never seem to get any credit on that side of the ball because a lot of the times all the attention and attraction goes to Tom Brady and Gronkowski and company there. So your thoughts on the defensive side of the ball who has the distinct advantage when it comes to the Super Bowl this Sunday? I think on the defensive side of the ball, by, and here's the thing with the Rams, is if you look at it, you look at by the numbers, just look at the roster, you got Ndamukong Sue, you got Aaron Donald, now they picked up Dante Fowler late in the season, 
and the cornerbacks. They've got, you know, they got Marcus Peters, who should be an all pro, but makes some mistakes here and there. Akib Talib is a solid pro. So when I look at the Rams having the more solid defense by the roster, they just haven't always played up to their capabilities all year long. I think they did come through. And uh, I mean, I know there's the obvious play by Nikhil Roby Coleman at the end of the game against the Saints, but they did play well against the Saints. And I think that defense is hitting stride. And plus, Ndamukong Sue on an expiring contract here, I think has motivation to really have a big game for the Rams because he's probably going to be a free agent this year. And Aaron Donald, this is a big show for him. So I really look at that front seven of the Rams to wreak some havoc against the Patriots. And I give the Rams defense the edge. So nice of Roger Goodell to address that issue so quickly when it comes to that controversial call in the playoffs. Oh, wait, it took him over a week to do so. Oh, well, better late than never then. We just talked about this on our show. You know, Roger's been missing. We've looked for him. His picture's been on milk cartons. And the fact that the league sat on this for that long, even acknowledged it was a helmet-to-helmet hit, but still have yet to talk about it. It's, it's just unbelievable. And, and believe me, we even know what Goodell's capable of. And we even think it's unbelievable. So I agree with you. <laughs> to me, actually, it isn't surprising seeing his track record. But there's a lot of upset folks in New Orleans. And I believe they have every reason to be upset. And unfortunately, it's going to lead to changes, but all too late to the fans out there in New Orleans. Your thoughts, Chris, on the defensive side of the ball? New England doesn't get much credit when it comes to the defensive side of the ball in the past, but they should get a lot of kudos, especially for the way they held up against the high-octane Kansas City offense. Yeah, they bent, but they didn't break. I I think bigger picture, uh, you look at the McCourty brothers, who I've got to give a shout-out to them, both for my alma mater, Rutgers, but look at the job, that the way Belichick schemed and that secondary executed of keeping Tyreek Hill in check. They said, if the Chiefs are going to beat us, it's not going to be Hill. I know Kelsey caught a touchdown, but for the most part, they they kind of kept an eye on him pretty well also. A lot of the passes in that game were dump-off screen passes where they were getting burned or over the middle to Sammy Watkins, former Ram wide receiver. So you, you never know what you're going to get with the Patriots. They're always going to scheme. And I look back last year, going into that game, I thought they'd beat the Eagles. Who would have known that Belichick would have bitten off his nose to spite his face and kept Malcolm Butler on the bench for what we still don't know. But as long as he doesn't suspend anyone the night before the game, um, I think if the Patriots are going to win the game, definitely that secondary is going to play a key role. I agree with you on that. They have to in order to go ahead and stand any type of chance against the high-powered Los Angeles offense. Although that running game with Los Angeles is very, very good as well. And with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley leading the way, that could lead to a lot of different issues when it comes to trying to handle it on the defensive end for New England. Before we get into the high-powered offenses a little bit more, one last question I want to ask you guys when it concerns gambling and whatnot, because as you know, gambling's legal all over the place now for sports. So it's it's a big thing. And I personally see a lot more money changing hands than at any point in time ever in the United States when it comes to gambling for the Super Bowl. Your thoughts on some of the prop bets that are going to be out there, because every year there's always some prop bets on you know, certain specific players, certain specific things, certain specific events. Then it gets into the crazy stuff like musical acts, the national anthem, how long it is, whole nine yards. You guys are looking at it all, and I've seen close to 100 different prop bets that are out there. I was looking at it before we went on the air here earlier today. Your thoughts on the prop bets that are out there are there some that are more attractive than others? And are there some that are you are keying on 
Charles, I'll have you go first if possible on some prop bets that you see that are most interesting. Well, you know, I have looked at them. And one of the things was when you look at the passes defended, you can take like Marcus Peters defending over one and a half passes. You can look at sacks. Honestly, I will say this. I took Aaron Donald to get more than one and a half sacks in the game. It's going to pay off at four to one, hopefully. But that was one that I liked because I think that front seven is going to really get something done there. But when you look at prop bets, you got to be careful not to just get lost in there because there's so many things going. Also, how many field goals will be in the game is going to be more or less than three field goals in the game. Those things you can bet on. But I took uh, just to be part of the whole thing, and it always makes it more interesting when you have a little bit of juice on the game. I took Aaron Donald to get more than one and a half sacks, basically meaning two sacks in the game. For me, the prop bet that actually sticks out to me the most is the field goals when it concerns the length, because right now it's over and under 47 and a half is what I'm seeing the most. I'm thinking with the way the kickers are, especially from the way that, that New England and also Los Angeles, they both have very good kicking games. I see like a 48 to 52 yarder being kicked. So I'm personally going with over on that. I think that's for me, that's a safe money. Yeah. Chris, are there any prop bets that are out there that are appealing to you that make you stop and say, hey, that's of great interest to me, and I really think a lot of people should look into that a little bit more closely? Yeah, there were two that caught my eye, and, and one that I thought about for a moment, but my conscience got the better of me. So Todd Gurley over under rushing yards in some places is uh, you know maybe in the low 60s. I saw one online where it's about 72 and a half. I don't know if even if Gurley's healthy and he's a key factor in this game, if they're still in the, doing the committee with CJ Anderson, I don't know if Gurley will get over 72 yards. If anything, I'll think he'd be more of a third down threat coming out of the backfield. Every year I get sucked into the first touchdown. I, I never seem to hit it, but looking into it, I thought, you know, if the Patriots get the ball and they score first, they're going to go on one of these long epic drives like they did against the Chiefs, like they did against the Chargers. And that bodes well for Sonny Michelle. That's plus 600. Not the greatest odds, but not not a heck of a lot bad when you, when you figure Michelle's been getting the ball a lot and he's the focal point of the offense here in the last few games. And then if you think the Rams are going to score first, Gurley's a plus 550. I'd stay away from that. I mean, C.J. Anderson's 1,000. Maybe you think Goff's going to throw a touchdown. Woods is plus 200, uh, plus 1,200, excuse me. Uh, Josh Reynolds is a dark horse, is plus 1,600. These are more of your lottery ticket bets, but if you have a conviction that the Rams are going to score first, you got some nice odds there. And then the MVP, look, uh, everyone knows the Patriots win. Brady's likely going to get the, the MVP. I mean, it's all but a foregone conclusion these days because you know, it seems as though he's going to have to be throwing the ball coming from behind or lighting up the scoreboard because there's nothing defensively going on. But thinking in terms of that, if you kind of feel, you know what, the Rams are going to win, well, then most likely you think Jared Goff is probably going to win the game or maybe even an Aaron Donald. And if you look at the odds there, uh, one place I found online, Goff's plus 250. Not not a heck of a lot bad when you consider Brady's 140. Now, you really want to try one of these lottery ticket ones. Uh, Charles Mann's Aaron Donald is plus 1,600. I know a defensive player hasn't won in a while, but who's to say it can't happen again? But those are the ones I kind of like there. And then, too, if you really think that the Patriots are going to ground and pound, Sonny Michelle's plus 1,600. So there's a another Patriot Powerball ticket for you. But those are the ones that stick out to me. I think of all of them, the Michelle first touchdown plus 600 has appealed to me. 
I was uh, going to agree with you there on Sonny Michelle as a possible MVP candidate. If Tom Brady struggles in any way, shape, or form, and the Patriots still win the game, I think it's going to come from him if that's the case, if Tom Brady struggles. Otherwise, it could be, like you said, one of those days where Tom Brady one more time pulls the rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> when it comes to offensive uh, you know, matchups, this is almost the matchup we were hoping to get, although I'm sure a lot of people were hoping for the Kansas City, New Orleans, or even L.A. and Kansas, Kansas City, but still... Both teams are very well equipped on the offensive side of the ball. And Charles, I want you to go ahead and elaborate. What are some of the things that you're going to be looking forward to when it comes to matching up offense to offense that you guys, I don't want to say you guys talked about on your show, because if anybody needs to check out in greater detail what's going on with the Super Bowl, they do need to check out the Inside Sports Show. But real briefly, what are some of the things that you might be looking for on the offensive side of the ball for both teams? Well, one of the things like uh, Chris touched on was the, you know, the McCourty brothers there in the defensive backfield for the, for the Patriots. They're going to have to do a good job against Woods and the boys. One thing, though, we talk about Sonny Michelle, and I think it's going to be about the power run game of the Patriots. I think that's really what they're going to want to do. I don't think Belichick wants to get involved in a shootout. Honestly, the Rams are more equipped to survive a shootout than are the Patriots. So, Look for both teams to try to establish the run. The Patriots won because they need to kind of slow the game down a little bit. And the Rams, we know that the Rams game, when their run game is going, that opens up the pass game. A very traditional for a high-powered offense like that. They're not one of those, you know, go vertical for the whole game. It's establish the run. And then when they get the run established, that opens up play action for Goff, and that's what makes the Rams go. So it's really going to be about which team establishes the run and controls the game, the Patriots controlling the clock, or is it the Rams getting their run established, which opens up things downfield for them? Absolutely, because with the Los Angeles Rams, if they get on a roll, watch out. It could right. be very ugly very quickly for the New England Patriots. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Chris, any last thoughts on the offensive side of the ball? Because like we were talking about, this could be a very good offensive shootout if both teams really go ahead and meet their potential on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of like what I hit on earlier, I think uh, Woods and Reynolds are really going to have to play key roles, especially if the Patriots try and shut down the former wide receiver of theirs, Brandon Cooks. And then bigger picture, I think it'll be interesting to see how Sean McVay game plans. One thing he is not afraid to do is kind of roll the dice with calls, going for it on fourth and goal, not going for it, calling for the fake punt. Wouldn't be surprised if even at some point you know, he, he does something with even a fake field goal. Let's face it, Johnny Hecker's had a successful year on those uh, fourth down fakes this year. So I know they like doing it with the punt, and Belichick's going to be prepared for that. But will he do it on a field goal if uh, Greg DeLegs airline, he doesn't think will have any miracles left in him this week? It remains to be seen. But I do think at some point uh, when, the, when the game tempo changes or maybe there's a change in momentum, McVay will have a trick up his sleeve. So, uh don't think it'll be the Philly special, but it should be interesting. This is true. This is all too true. Once again, I have Charles Smith Jr. and Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check out their awesome show today, each and every week, including and especially this week with their Super Bowl episode. It is going to be available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. And you can follow them on Facebook at The Inside Sports. One last question I got to ask you guys. Charles, I'll start with you first. 
Why do people need to check out on a weekly basis the awesome podcast known as Inside Sports? Well, what it comes down to is Chris and I both were old school about football. And plus we get into the new stuff, which is about the gambling. We got you covered on both fronts. But the thing about our football is we come at it from an unbiased standpoint. We just let you know how things are, the way it is, no sugarcoating. We're not being paid by the NFL to not talk about certain things. So when there's very obvious things out there, the NFL won't talk about, we talk about those things. And then we switch over and we switch to the dark side and talk about gambling. And we have some very good advice there too. So really our show is one-stop shopping and that's what we want it to be. And next year it's going to be ramped up even more. Well, I will tell you honestly from person to person and someone who I respect deeply, Charles, I actually do kind of wish I could get one of those paychecks from Rod, you know, like Roger Goodell size paychecks. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just one, just one. I, I don't need a year thing. Just, just one, just one would be okay. But anyways, Chris, please also elaborate on why Inside Sports has to be the show that you need to start connecting with when it comes to the sports world. Yeah, in addition to the great points Charles made, we're not taking any money from the NFL or any of their advertisers or anything like that. So you're getting an unfiltered, unbiased opinion. And additionally, look, Charles and I have an excellent rapport, if I may say so. This show is not scripted. There's no fake debate. He doesn't pull a Stephen A. Smith and say A and I say B. Uh, a lot of times we don't even know what kind of picks we're going to make. What you see is what you get. We're recording the show live. We don't have a script. We have a rough outline. If we could, I'd liken it to almost like a, a curb your enthusiasm where there's a lot of improv, a little bit of outline, some laughing, some ripping on the NFL, and hopefully some profitable gambling recommendations. And once again, it is Inside Sports. You got to check it out each and every week on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. Google search it. Bing search it. It's right there. It comes up. I've checked it before and it comes up right there for you. Plus also check out their social media at The Inside Sports. You'll get some updates and news from around the world as far as sports is concerned. Sometimes I might actually throw in some articles myself that's going on with the important things going on when it comes to sports, but it's mainly there for you to check out the latest news and information on the great episodes that are from Inside Sports. Guys, it's been great having you on the show today and also cannot wait to see what's going on with the big game coming up this Sunday. Don't want Roger Goodell getting too much on my case, but I will tell you, it's just awesome. Looking forward to it. And I know you guys are as well. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, it's good that you stay away from mentioning those two words because I'm going to tell you, I've run afoul of the NFL before and it's no fun when you hear the silent hum of those black helicopters outside your house in the middle of the night, you know? <laughs> I watched Concussion a couple weeks ago, so yes, I hear you. I hear you on that. But Chris, Charles, it's been great to have you on the show. Cannot wait to have you back on, and always great to have you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. 
And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Charles Smith Jr. and Chris Sardieri from Inside Sports. You got to check it out each and every week on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. Also want to thank the good folks at Otterbox for giving me such a great interview at CES 2019, talking about their awesome combination of Otterbox and Pop Sockets all in one, and that they're coming out very soon to a sailor retailer near you. My friend, before we head on out, just want to ask you real quick your thoughts on some of the prop bets that are going on with the Super Bowl. No, I'm not talking about any of the good sports stuff, my friend. I'm not talking about yards or passing or receiving or anything like that. I know you're not the biggest football fan in the world, but you're watching the Super Bowl like many others out there for the commercials, the movie trailers, and all that. And wouldn't you know, there's a lot of action going on as far as non-sports prop bets. So when I ask you, my friend, if you are in Vegas and you are going to go ahead and put some money on some non-sports bets when it comes to commercials, which commercial will appear first, do you think? Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Stella Artois, Bon Aviv, Spike Seltzer. Your thoughts on which commercial will appear first out of those adult beverages, I will say. I'm leaning towards Bud Light because not a single game ever goes by without the Dilly Dilly guy out there. So I'm going to say Bud Light. Well, hold on with the Dilly Dilly because that's coming up here in a sec. All right. He goes with Bud Light. So put your money down on Bud Light. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just for educational purposes only, of course. Speaking of commercials, again, which commercial do you think will appear first? Hyundai or Mercedes-Benz? I'm going to go ahead and do Hyundai because I feel like Mercedes-Benz, a little classier. So they're going to wait and push that out closer to halftime. Hyundai is the favorite and a heavy favorite that. So I I hear you on that. Which commercial do you think will appear first? Bubbly or Pepsi? Pepsi, hands down Pepsi. A couple other things I want to ask you about. Which commercial will appear first, Expensify or TurboTax? I feel like TurboTax is more the favorite because they're the the bigger brand, the the more well-known brand. So unless the other one's going to pay more money, I'm going to say TurboTax. They're actually the underdog on that. So put your money down on that one. Okay, i got to get you in this hard one, man. you got to put your thinking cap on this one. Doritos or Pringles? Doritos. Everyone waits every year to see what Doritos has up their sleeves. I didn't even know Pringles still made commercials. It looks like they do because they think at this point in time a slight favorite for what I'm seeing. Although this is as of a recording time. So if you're going to a local sports book or your online booking site, these odds may be changing. And last but not least, my friend, will Dilly Dilly be said during a Bud Light commercial? Is the sky blue, Gerald? I would say that's a yes, my friend. And yes, is a heavy favorite at this point in time, as people speculate, if Dilly Dilly will be said during a Bud Light commercial. And there's so much detailed stuff when it comes to well over 100 different kinds of prop bets that you could go out there and bet on, both football and non-football related. I see stuff like which company will have the best average rating for their commercials, how many Clydesdale will be shown in the Budweiser commercial. By the way, it's over under eight and a half. Will SpongeBob SquarePants show up? There's so many different types of things that are are out there. 
Even for the halftime show, will Mick Jagger make an appearance? Will Adam Levine be wearing a hat? Will Christina Aguilera make an appearance? I mean, there's so many different things that are out there as far as that you can put money on. It's just so crazy. And at this point in time of the year, if you're looking to go ahead and get into some things that you might want to go ahead and put a couple dollars on for like a long shot, take a look at some of the non-sports prop bets that are out there and just have some fun with it. And you never know, you may get some money out of it. All right, my friend, it's been a great show indeed. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah, I'm watching The Punisher, and I do want to discuss that with you further down the line. So maybe something to look forward to. I've been watching Killer Class that's now available on Sci-Fi. I've got some thoughts about that as well on an upcoming episode I'd like to share. And our good friend Jason Todd Feinberg is coming back on our Monday show to talk about the horror movies that are coming up in the first half of 2019. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And... Flopcast.net. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.